Welcome to Bitpicking, a podcast about software and product development. I'm Greg. I'm Mark. I'm Laura. Hi, Laura. Hi, Greg. Hi, Mark. <laughs> Is that the right order? <laughs> By series three, we'll have it nailed. <laughs> this week, we don't have a single topic for you, but we're each going to present one thing that's interested us in the last week. I'm going to talk about nerdy virtualization platforms. I'll be talking about a serious play workshop I went to. And I'm going to talk very calmly about my love for front-end development. Let's go. Okay, let's go. So our first topic today is from Laura. Shoot. (laughs) It's nothing to do with shooting. (laughs) But I did attend a um, really interesting workshop on problem-solving um, recently, and it was with um, Siemens. So they had some chap called Dave Hall come in, and he's from the Idea Center. And it was all about how you can use serious play methods to, to, to solve your problems. And it was really interesting. So we got really hands on, we got given Lego, which was awesome, because um, I love Lego, and we got to pl- basically play for like for a few hours. Um, and it was just really interesting. I don't know if you've ever done anything like that before. No, I've not heard of that. So, so was there a goal? When you, yeah. say, when you say play, like, yeah. I associate that with like... Just hanging just, around. Yeah, so... But was <laughs> Goofing it, off. Was it like organised fun? <laughs> <laughs> I love a bit of organised fun. It, it was... Um, so there was a goal. Yeah, there was a goal, basically. You had to take a problem that we were having and then create it out of Lego. Um, and then we had to... Because we were paired up, we had to explain it to the other person. And they were like... Um, someone who's a bit of an antagonist role, they had to quiz you about it and why. Why is that an issue? Why can't you solve it another way? Um, And then you had to rebuild your problem as they helped you um, unravel it and unpick it a little bit. And it was really interesting. So, you know, um, we had some chap who had a problem with email. Email was just like, he had too much email. He was like, how do I make this um, problem go away? And we we changed it. So he had himself as a little Lego model with loads of bricks on top of his head or something. So he just had like, oh, nice. he was just like overwhelmed with email and things crushing down on top of him. And he had to rebuild it. And I helped him rebuild it into being, um, it's not so much, it's all on you. Why is it getting to you in the first place? You know, why can't you delegate it to someone else? Or why can't you um, make it visible to other people how much you've got on your backlog of things? Um, so yeah, it was it was really interesting. And then you had to solve the problem in Lego as well. You had to rebuild it. Um, and he he built a funnel to sort of um, filter out the emails and, and, and just all this stuff that was coming through to him. And he had like a little way of showing uh, to other people externally, so other little Lego figures, what what was going on so they could oh, see really like cool. what he, he had on and how big his backlog was. Um, and then we talked about something called bionics, which was really interesting. I've never heard of that before. So this is the idea that if you have a problem you're trying to solve, whether it's like a maybe a development problem or, you know, a work problem or a people problem or just a personal problem, you, you've seen that problem somewhere in nature solved before. So we took... I don't think I've seen any plant solving my CSS problems. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, you can... It's really interesting. So we had a developer talking about how he was trying to get his development teams around the world to collaborate together and to agree on a methodology to agree on technologies to use and an approach and a way to like um uh you know work together and 
we came up with all these different ways we tried to fit it into how does nature solve this problem? And then we, we landed upon the periodic table where you have different elements that might represent different people in teams that work really well together and some that are really sort of explosive together. But sometimes when you pair two elements together with one element, they work really well, but on their own, they, they'd not work very well. And it was just a really interesting concept and it created this like germ of an idea that you could take away. And it's a bit like the colours thing we've talked about before, where you can understand what element someone is um, and how you're going to react with someone else and how you can help them. I, I think we've all got to pick an element. Yeah, yeah, I want to be an element. I'm going to be helium. Helium, I was going to say you're going to be helium. <laughs> Pure, unadulterated and works well with everyone. I think you're more hydrogen, maybe with, with that red... Just flammable. <laughs> Inert, sodium or something. Inert, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Argon. Sodium. What's the one that sets on fire if you take it and put it in air? Rhodesium or something like that? Yeah, maybe. You have to store it in oil? Sodium, dump sodium in water, that kind of gin, one of them. is a bit... What would you be, Matt? Einsteinium. <laughs> <laughs> Your markium. <laughs> it's a special element. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be one of those ones on the period table that's like not in the period table. Just, yeah, you know, there's, the li- ones, there's little bits out the side. Yeah. Just, yeah. Funny enough, side note, but there was a really good episode of the Infinite Monkey Cage recently on um, <laughs> the periodic table. And my interesting fact from that show was that the guys that invented, um, or the, the fellow that invented the... Um, Mendeleev, I think you'll find. Yep. He didn't quite know what he'd done when he did it. He just sort of grouped things together, a bit like what you're describing, mm. and said, mm. these ones sort of, you know, they, mm. they seem in my observations to be similar, and these others seem to be similar. And then the very, like, all the structure we know about the periodic table mm. now didn't come till much later. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, so, he only had a few of those elements, right? And he kind of guessed that there would yeah, be Yeah, like, oh, there should be stuff. something here. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was really interesting because, I mean, I was someone who has Lego all over their house, and it's not mine. But, you know, I'm always forced <laughs> to play with it. And, and you kind of resent that a little bit. But now I can see the use of it. Yeah. <laughs> and my mind's been opened a little bit more. And um, I've been sort of sat at home creating problems out of Lego. <laughs> it's like, I was going to say, do you think thing? this is something, like, with the stuff that you did, is this something you think you can bring to your, to your job every day? I think it'd be quite nice, actually, because he said something really interesting about how when you you have a problem you sort of have it conceptually in your head but when you can visualize it you can pick it up and turn it around you can see it from other angles you can get other people to see it how you see it um, which is quite interesting I think that's a really nice way of framing it and I think it'd be quite there's, there's other ways that it, it's beneficial as well it got people talking um, it gets people together and mm-hmm. it was it was a really interesting workshop because you know, if you want to bring a couple of teams together and you want to, to get them to problem solve together, it can actually just lift that, um, you know, inhibition away. It's interesting, isn't it, um, how uh, the way that you structure some of these activities matters in what people mm. get out of it. So I'm just thinking you could have set up a meeting where you ask people to come along and present their problems yeah. and discuss solutions to them. And everyone would have probably hated their time in there. Yes, yeah. And like really just, oh, another, another <laughs> meeting I've got to see. And it would have ended up in a fight and all that kind of stuff. But structuring it as like, yeah. well, let's let's play. Let's do something outside the norms yes. of what we'd normally do. Organised fun. Kind of changes people's <laughs> mindset as to, yeah. as to what they might do. And, it, you know, we talked before a bit about like the, the conference buzz. You go to a conference mm. and you, 
you know, whilst it may not all be totally useful in what you do, you come away with that, like you talked about the, the germ of an idea. Yes, that's what it's like, all you about. You come away with, with that and it you sort of gives you a bit of a bit of a buzz and something to think about. Yeah. Um, so you, you kind of wonder, like, how, yeah, how could you bring this to, to mm. your job every day? What can you do differently um, in the calls that you do with the meetings that you do romper suits (laughs) new dress code everyone has to wear a romper suit (laughs) you're very clearly saying it's time to play (laughs) (laughs) i'm not a parent the romper suits still are they still a thing i think i think they're a thing but then maybe they're called something else i don't know (laughs) you're like a child of the 70s (laughs) i I once wore a romper suit around barcelona on my stag weekend I was going to say it must be a stag week. That's not just a normal family holiday. (laughs) (laughs) My next question was just like a shared holiday between you two. I don't know about. There's a lot I don't know. It's the mankini on the family holiday, obviously. (laughs) Oh, you're censoring yourself these days. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think like you know there must be yeah. Just make me wonder like what what could I do day to day that would just make some of these things more I, th- I don't know about um fun it, it doesn't have to be about being fun but but how do you change people's concept as they're going into mm. meetings or discussions around you know bringing a more positive yeah. Yeah, if I you're in, i mean without well, 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 any sorry i was gonna say you'll presume your experience is the same as mine which is you quite often go into meetings that you just know are going to be combative people have come in mm. with their their sides and their preconceived ideas as to what what they want to get out of the meeting and then it just ends up being a, being a bun fight over well, whether it's resource or money or a decision on an architecture mm. or whatever it might be very rarely as collaborative as they yeah could or should be well, this yeah. was like forced collaboration basically and it took out some of the opinions as well so it's kind of just build what you what you see what you're what you're currently dealing with it wasn't really yeah, it did. It took away that sort of combative element as well. And I saw a lot of cynics in there as well who were like, oh, Lego, you know. That was going to be my question. Like, yeah, were, there, were there some participants that were, Yeah, they just felt uncomfortable about it? Yeah, it felt like, is this really actually going to solve something? Um, but yeah, it, it, they, they came round. You could see like as they went through, it was when they were just dealing with this issue with other people and trying to work out the, the the solution to the problem, it distracted them, I think, because everyone wants to play deep down, really. I think yeah, they yeah. just want to play with stuff. But I have a theory that yeah. Agile was invented by Lego as a way to just sell uh, more yes. sell more sets. <laughs> Plan- <laughs> because every Agile workshop involves involves Lego somewhere. Yeah. And poker, planning poker. Yeah. That's like that's just well, another game, isn't yeah. it? I thought it was post-it notes. Oh, yeah. Was it oh, 3M or just like, right, we're, the sales are down. What are we going to do? <laughs> Uh, Yeah, the fun thing is interesting because I think work should be fun. But I remember Mm. I went to some scrum training and um, at the start, the the organizers said, right, what do you all want to get out of it? And there was the classic, like, we want to work faster, we want to work smarter and all that bollocks. And I said, I just want to have some fun. And that sort of meant I want a process that, like, gets out the way. I mean, even calling it a process annoys me, but you know what I mean? I want it... I want it so that we're all aware of what we're trying to achieve. We're all on the same, you know, and then it makes the, the, the job fun because you're not worrying about a spreadsheet or whatever. And people look to me like I'd... Like, <laughs> work's not you're fun. At work? Work's not meant to be fun. <laughs> and I, sure, and it's, it, an interesting, felt, it's an interesting point because, uh, you know, doing what we do, we are very privileged 
right. We, um, we, we generally are self-directed. We get to choose what we do. We get to stamp our feet if we're not doing the things that we're not doing. Um, we get pretty well paid for the, um, for the privilege of doing it. Um, and so I have that kind of guilt of like, well, am I entitled to have fun at work? Because, <laughs> because you know what? Most of the people in the world just don't get a choice, right? You know, unless, yeah. you, can, unless you can somehow inject fun into being on, you know, Apple's production line somewhere in Shenzhen or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I doubt it. I don't know why I'm laughing. So I kind of feel like, um, are we just being a bit entitled by saying I want to have fun at work and actually it's just, no just just get on with the damn yeah, job I think that's your British uh, stiff off her lip <laughs> yeah, there. never smile <laughs> yeah but yeah that's it's like why would you go into a job if you don't enjoy it as well you know that it's got to be fun in some way hasn't it you've got to enjoy it in some way you don't pick a job because you think yeah, that's the I, dullest thing I can do but I, but I, I want to be dull all day and, I think we should acknowledge yeah. we're extraordinarily privileged yeah, yeah, yeah you are to be in that be in that position yeah. to choose something yeah, yeah. Or, or, or even to be able to have the conversation yes yeah. yeah you know to to be able to say i want this to be fun yeah, yeah. you know yeah. and feel like you can a lot of people don't have that yeah luxury yeah i know there's there's poor front-end developers <laughs> hello that matt is, northam <laughs> that is fun <laughs> it's not fun and can, can i tell you why it's not fun Ah uh, yes, we, Mark. Yes. Okay. So here's so here's here's my topic for the for the week. Um, oh, CSS. I don't often delve into front end stuff, and actually, there will be people that will be shouting at the uh, sh- shouting at the radio. Whatever, radio. Whatever wireless. You're listening to. Like, it is be, technically wireless. It so is what, yeah. Thanks, Grace. So I. If you're listening in the car, there are no wires yeah. connected to our microphones. <laughs> So I, I had the need to, to do some, some CSS. I normally stay away from front-end development. And I came into it, and um, it was uh, Tailwind CSS. But it's very much bootstrap, right? Let's call it bootstrap, because I'm going to be lazy, right? And what occurred to me was that bootstrap requires me to mark up uh, my classes with essentially the styles, so you end up with this whole long list of classes, justify left, um, you know, there's there's classes for padding and margin. What's wrong with the bloody inline styles? Like we were told <laughs> 10 years ago to not do inline styles. So we took them all out and put them in CSS, quite rightly. And, and now we've made all, all the in. classes in CSS just mirror styles and we've put them now in classes. So now it makes even less sense. So like, do one or the other. Don't, you know, you, you've got the worst of both worlds, haven't you? <laughs> Answer it, me. Answer it, me. But is it something to do with like how optimal it is to, to actually, like at runtime? Is that? It wasn't bloody optimal for me. <laughs> I, spent 30, Sorry, I spent 30 minutes just trying to make a button a bit wider. Yeah. And I couldn't do it. I had to ask someone. And then, it turns, and then it turned out that yes. I had to add W full. I mean, what what does that mean to anyone? Nothing. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I just wanted to go into a style sheet and go, oh, here's the style for the button. Make it wider. 
It's a good point. I'm quite it's angry about it. I'm quite right. angry about it. I don't know whether to go. I didn't realise that, that, you know, I've, I've looked away. I'm scared to disagree, to be I'm, <laughs> I'm quite scared at this point. I've, I've, looked, I've, <laughs> looked away, I've looked away for five minutes and the state of front-end development is an absolute mess. Right, and I feel like I'm going to have to come back in now and sort it all out. <laughs> so you're going to get Mark's sp- Mark strap. Yeah, 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 I'm going to reinvent my own. Is that what you call your mankini? <laughs> HTML's dead. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it now. I'm out. I'm calling it now. I'm going back to, I'm going back to terminals. The, the thing I was most interested in in that rant was um, there's another um, bootstrap. What did you call it? Pigeon? Tail, tailwind. Tailwind. I don't know what I thought. I don't really know know what it is other than someone pointed out that it was tailwind when I complained about why I couldn't get anything done. (laughs) And I was like, okay, fine. And I just find that fascinating. Like, you know, that, I mean, it's that XKCD thing, isn't it? About there were 12 competing standards. We should align them all. And, you know, next next frame is there are 13 competing standards. Because all websites look the same anyway. So can't we just all just pick one? Let's just stick with Bootstrap. You know why is there another yeah, one? I, I don't know. I don't know. And it's so much like Bootstrap that I thought it was Bootstrap. Yeah, so that's exactly. why I was looking yeah, at the Bootstrap like... documentation, going, "Why isn't this working?" And this one, it was not that. It's that one. Why? Why? I don't know. My my rant this week in a similar vein would be scroll jacking. Um, to to go on from yours, this is where like you're scrolling up and down the page. And then suddenly you're not scrolling the page, mm. or you're triggering an animation mm. yeah, that yeah, scrolls yeah, yeah, instead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Apple. So Apple this week, last week, launched their new AirPods Pro. Mm. Um, and so if you go onto that page at the moment, that is a great example of it mm. because the whole there is no scroll bar. The whole page you are just moving forwards and backwards through an animation, and then when you get to one the end of one animation, you then go through a transition to another animation. I mean, it looks bloody brilliant. Yeah, you know, but in but, terms uh, of accessibility and performance, yeah, well, and all even that just kind of usability. Stuff, you know? Because I've been on sites like that before, where I just hadn't realised I was supposed to scroll mm. because oh, right. there's no scroll bar, and yeah. it wasn't at all obvious that if mm. I scrolled, I would see. I, I've seen. I remember one. Um, in fact, this was the problem: was that it wasn't scroll up and down; it was left and right. Left and right. Oh, oh the, but you were using like, the up down. To, yeah, so I'm yeah. trying to scroll up and down, and nothing's happening. But it goes left and right. But it goes so, left yeah, and right. That's, a lot of designer portfolios do that for some reason. And in fact, used not, to. not only did it, but you, you <laughs> scrolled right, and the page went down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or appeared to go down. So that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, you can tell I'm in rant mode now. I mean, we, we need these. How do we get them out of it, Laura? Got, no, I don't I'm know. Worried for, the, worried for the uh, for the See, this, is, this, is what, this is the state of front end development. I'm going to call those guys to account. Well, we need we need those visual cues. We need those. That that scroll bar shows you can scroll, and that's where we learn that we can do something. Yeah. And if it's not there, then we get completely confused and ranty. <laughs> <laughs> did you see that CV that did the rounds a few weeks ago? And it was um, was it, mine? it was a website. No, it was a designer. I think it was a designer. I didn't. <laughs> maybe this is it, his his intention has failed because I didn't get this far into it. But you loaded the page, and it was a little remote controlled car, a three D car. So it was using like some three G three D web framework, and then you drove it around a little sort of sandbox. And you could drive into things and knock things over, but every so often you'd come across a piece of content like his. Oh. You know, it was really cool. I completely missed that. Um, but I, I, as a technology, I thought that's really good. It, you know, it loaded on my phone. It loaded yeah. on the, you know, on the on the desktop as well, and it was a, a quite high performing three D 
I mean, essentially, it was a game. But yeah, yeah, if, yeah if you're looking to hire someone and you've got limited time to sift through all these like portfolios and CVs, you don't want to be driving a car around, do you? Like, <laughs> where the hell is this work yeah. experience or the portfolio or the examples or case studies? It's like, is, is that fun or is that really frustrating? Because <laughs> to me, that would probably be frustrating if you're time poor like me, then yeah. I'd be like, like close. <laughs> just be driving around for <laughs> half an yeah. hour. How do I get off the <laughs> motorway? <laughs> that would be me. Miss my yes, junction. <laughs> Ten minutes later. All the way back around again. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> what do you think, Mark? Yeah. Something yeah. brewing yeah. in there. I'm, 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 I'm Something's forming, coming. I'm forming it's formulating. I, I just want... I, I, like, people with that sort of talent, are they unemployed for long anyway? Uh, probably not. Waste of time, isn't it? <laughs> just give a, just send a cover letter. Like I just thought it was a it was a really cool. Thing. I mean, like because the, the browsers. Are, here's my thing, actually. Another, you've got me into ramp mode. Okay, now. good, good. So there's this big um, uh, theme or or something in the browsers where they're suddenly like we're all like pro privacy. Mm. You know, so Firefox 70 is like, you've got all these tracking protections and Safari has got all this tracking protection and all this other stuff. And they're all like really shouting about it. And I, all I can do is think, weren't you the ones that made it possible in the first place? Mm. You know, and now you're coming got back like, yeah. like, oh, these advertisers, these evil people, like we're going to prevent them. But, but you gave them the tools. Yeah. yeah. You know, you've invented this situation that you're now, and I mean, of course yeah. they're going to do that because they, you know, they realise yeah. they're screwed up yeah. and, and whatever. But I just think, wow, like some of the things that go through the, the W3C, that the, I mean, I can't think of one right now, but I do remember being enraged in the past, yeah. thinking yeah. you can't allow that, that through, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, there's, there's a whole episode in, in uh, I think, advertising, who pays for the web? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the money just flows around in a circle. You know, so it's just a big pot of money that moves from one <laughs> company to another and, you know. Um, yeah, there's definitely a, a the web is shit episode <laughs> because it is. I mean, it could be I, a long one. <laughs> oh, I went on. Um, I think it was the Telegraph. Like, I'm not going to not if I can remember who it is. It might not be the Telegraph, but I'm not embarrassed to shame them. And the, you know these whole cookie notice things. I mean, they're annoying at the better times. Yeah. This was a three page cookie acceptance thing, and it started <laughs> wow. off saying something about partners. You know do you approve our partners? And I didn't even know what to click. And then I clicked it and I got another page that then was more like a cookie thing. And then I denied them all and the page reloaded. And then there was another thing that popped up. But anyway, when I finally got to the content, the performance of the page was so poor. And this is on my, like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. this year's MacBook, trying to scroll through it. Every other sentence in this article, uh, or every sort of line break, there was an advert or a video or a link to another article. I mean, who the fuck is letting this shit go out? Yeah, I think it's Forbes, isn't it? Forbes is the worst one. Is it? It's really bad. Because it's got those pop-up videos that come up in the corner over, like, half oh, the content. Yeah, so you've yeah. only got, like, a little tiny letterbox of, like, viewing area when you've got, like, the things that keep popping up and down. And I, But I just can't mad. see. I mean, I've heard one theory, which is they're making it intentionally shit so that people subscribe content, to some yeah. some service in order to get rid of it all. Yeah. But because I just think if people, you know, and Laura, this will be interesting for you, if people are, are you know, swallowing the UX pill, then none of this should happen because yeah. surely all of that would fail any kind of research. Yeah, it would. And, and it's funny because you wonder if they do have UX 
designers or researchers that have actually gone a bit dark and put that in, like you say, to push people towards the paid. I, mean, I reckon model. their UX designers are probably sat in a corner weeping. Crying, yeah, what they've been made <laughs> so, to do. Yeah, yeah. I've been in that position before. We did before not ask you're like, for this. <laughs> but. but it's, I mean, it's really, really, I mean, we whinge about it quite a lot, but everybody does, everyone I speak mm. to. So, you know, the company that comes in and says, we're not going to do that, mm. you know, and provides quality content without all that bollocks, I think would succeed, but it's just not happening you know and actually i feel a bit annoyed at this whole privacy thing i mean i'm totally pro privacy mm. but if the answer was the cookie law and now the gdpr law mm. well something's gone wrong yeah because that is just a disaster you know and and i'm surprised there's not an extension that allows me just to <laughs> auto accept or auto deny does that exist i was just about to advertise i use one that i can't remember the name of but basically on most sites will Basically, just hide the cookie acceptance. There is something, and I can see the logo in my head. It's like a W, isn't it? I can't remember what it's got. I saw it this afternoon as well, and I thought that's quite interesting. But it doesn't work on everything. But yeah, Mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Mine's mine's just got a little icon of a cookie. (laughs) More browser news. Yeah, (laughs) just in. (laughs) Straight off the fax machine over there. (laughs) Did you see the new? Uh, internet, I don't know what they're calling it, but the Microsoft Chromium-based browser logo. Edge? No, no, no. Edge is the old one. There's a new one. What? There's a new one? Yeah, based oh on God. Chromium. So it'll use the, the same rendering engine as Chrome. So what's okay. happening with Edge? Uh, I thought Edge was the new one. Yeah, but for some... I don't I understand think you've got IE6. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, they've moved on, and so there's a new browser coming out, but they've got a new logo, and it's dropped the E, so that's big Ooh. news. Okay. Um, and it's like a sort of a wave. It's like thousands of parents across the UK and the world going, yeah, where's yeah. my big blue E? Where's it gone? Yeah. I can't where's get the, my internet. Where's, where's the internet gone? Where's the internet stream switched off? That's a good point, actually. <laughs> yeah. You would think that. Because I'm like, yeah, throughout my whole life, of, like digital life, my mum's rung up to say, my big E, where's it gone? Or I'm like, click the big blue E. No, twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, with the left button. Yes, the left button, yeah. Not with your finger. And yeah, so now that is going to confuse... This is going to cause chaos, basically. Mm. That's an interesting <laughs> angle I hadn't, um, yeah. I hadn't considered. Damn these UX people. Yeah. Yes, mm. you obviously don't do as much tech support for your family as I do. And then in logo news, did you see the, um, the Paris Olympics... I did, uh, I did. What did you think of it? It was very classy. Quite, yeah, classy, quite high-end. I thought it was so clever. Because yeah. you look at it, it's got three elements, hasn't it? Mm. Um, and then, as you look, it's like an optical illusion. Like you look, look at it, look away, look back, That's, and then yeah, you see yeah, the other yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. That's that gestalt psychology, isn't it? The uh, the visual perception of seeing an image flip between two different things. Our brain and our eyes work together to see something, and it can't work it out. So I, can't, a- I can't remember now what it's called. Oh, no, that sounds... I should know this off the top of my head. <laughs> Did a whole workshop on it at work. <laughs> I like, erased it from my mind. The, the mask is slipping. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. We haven't had a blue or gold dress for a while, have we? Oh, no. Like one of those or, things uh, that, that, that goes out, out, you know, comes out of Reddit and gets onto the BBC uh, News and stuff like that. Yanni or Laurel. I think we've, we've done this before, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, my topic for the week. Oh, yeah. To bring yeah, it down. Go on, go on. <laughs> Be a bit geeky is I've um, I've just got into ESXi. Uh, <laughs> Pardon. <laughs> this is a channel for the discerning viewer. <laughs> so it sort of ties into the browser conversation because I've been running a thing called Pi Hole, uh, 
which is a is a DNS server, so it blocks connections to known advertisers. So rather than um, sort of just hiding them, the the um, the adverts are never pulled. Basically, it's really good. Really recommend it. I think we've spoken about it a few times. But I had a problem where I was running it um, in a virtual machine inside Windows, and every time I rebooted Windows for reasons, you know, because it's Windows, um, it would. Um, it was shut off, and then all my devices on my network would fail. So I was thinking, right, I need to, I need to move this out. And the reason, by the way, it was running inside. I see Mark's looking at me, thinking, <laughs> "Hang on a minute, why the, is it running?" The, the clues in the name. I think you're fine. <laughs> well, because but, I'm running more than one thing, so I'm not just running Pihole. I'm also running all sorts of other services. So, okay. um, and they, and a Raspberry Pi by itself would be uh, not powerful enough. He's still <laughs> looking at me. It's called a pie hole. It's designed to run on a pie. No, the, My no that would run. Pie. I'm saying I've got other things I'm running. We'll just buy a pie. But then I just have a bank of pies. <laughs> <laughs> so Don't ten, run the other stuff on the pie. Ten pies. <laughs> but then I'd have two... This is exactly my, what I right. went through. Because then I'd have two, two machines running a server. One running pie hole and then one running all my other stuff. So why don't I just move the pie hole onto the... Okay, continue. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the whole story is ruined now. No, I'm really interested now. <laughs> now I am. Thank yeah, you. I wasn't yeah, to start yeah. with. <laughs> the but. real story is not about Pihole, but it's about virtualization. Um, because I wanted to run multiple operating systems on one piece of hardware. Um, and I'm sure all the DevOps crew will know about this already and probably a lot of other people, but there is a, a piece of software called ESXi, and it's it's the commercial software, but there's a free uh, tier, and you run that, and it's a very thin operating system, really. I'm probably using the wrong words, but it, you, it the computer boots that first, and then you can install operating systems on top of it, like as basically as virtual machines, um, and so all the hardware is virtualized, but then they all work independently, and on the network, they're all seen independently. So you can then just run any number of computers, essentially, on one piece of hardware. And then one of the cool things you can do is this thing called over-provisioning. So you might only have 16 gig of RAM in your machine, but at any one time, the operating system may not be using all of it. So the bit it's not using, it can use for other virtual machines. So you can actually provision multiple uh, computers with more RAM assigned to them than you physically have in the in the machine, um, and it's just been really cool because a it's quite cool to play with that sort of stuff. But now I can have my Windows and that which is running my Plex media server, um, and the reason I have to use Windows for that is because I have a Drobo and that's only got Windows software. Is is he just making this up now? I think he's no, just no, saying just... words. He's just. <laughs> There will be some bit pickers out there that are like, we get this. And actually, I suspect it's you. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know what Droibo is. I've no idea. Dro- oh, it's, um, uh, it's, a, it's a raid array. But the cool thing about Droibo is... <laughs> he is making it up. <laughs> he is making sound. No, it's a raid array, but you can put any size disk into it, which is really cool. So normally okay. on a raid array, you have to have the same size disks. And this one, you can just put any old yeah. you know, disk in. So that's pretty cool. So tell me, so ESXi, so is this, I mean, I don't really deal with, I mean, I, I'm the kind of man who just puts on a Raspberry Pi. Is this new? Is it like... No, no, not okay. new at all. And okay. actually, I think it might also be called V-Sphere. I can't say my SPHs. Okay. Right. Um, no, it's not new. 
Um, it's just it's not. I don't think it's generally considered something you would run at home. Uh, so you know, people are struggling with you know multiple Raspberry Pis or an <laughs> install of Windows or whatever. And actually, it's it's really easy to install. You just whack it on a USB stick and. And then you get a web interface and you just say, give me a new computer. I want it to have this processor, this amount of RAM, a hard drive of this size. Mm -hmm. And then it boots and you get like a remote um, display, basically. So it can go in the browser, which is also really cool if you're into that the browser. That is cool, yeah. Yeah, because it streams like, a, like quite a reasonable frame rate um, representation of the, of the desktop of the computer yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got mm -hmm. there. And then once obviously it's installed, you can install remote desktop or VNC or whatever. I'm starting to wonder whether your freezer over there is actually a freezer. <laughs> or, if I, or if I open it up, it's a uh, you know, Well, I did rack. recently have a... Uh, it's not really a server room, but I had a cupboard under my stairs. <laughs> but it had no ventilation, so I had someone in to put ventilation in so that I could put all my... Wow. Well, I've actually only extreme. got one computer under there now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a Raspberry Pi. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I was really impressed with that. Thanks that's, for... Yeah, that's good if you want to tinker with something, isn't <laughs> I it? Thought, I thought you were post-technical. No, sounds like you're. No, I'm, I'm, I'm. I just don't get paid for it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's funny you say tinkering and you say play because um, that is. It is like relaxing to me. Like I don't. It's not like uh, quite a lot of times I'll do, be doing stuff not because I need to, but I'm just like, oh, let's experiment. Let's see what this is, and you know. And I find it quite relaxing. So some people might read a book, yeah. whereas I'll go and like. You know, I often get asked by the current Mrs. Piper. Uh, whether Currents. whether I'm whether I'm doing work, and my answer is like, well, not really. Like it is, but it's not. I don't feel like I'm working. Again, I'm very privileged to to be to be in a job that I actually enjoy doing, and therefore I'm not doing work because I've, you know, I'm behind and I've got a stack of emails to get through. I'm I'm doing some stuff that is related to the job that I do, but actually. Like you say, for like me, fun. it's a, yeah, it's a relaxing. I used to, yeah, I used to work with to someone who said the same thing. Like they, their wife had said to them, "It's okay for you. You get to go to work and play all day on the favorite, your <laughs> most favorite topic ever, or something." It was really interesting way she phrased it, but yeah, yeah it's the same no, thing. If you that do it's a privileged. job you love, you'll never work another day in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yes, yeah. it's true. Although I've heard stories of people that they do that and then they they start hating the thing they used mm. to love. Yeah. You, know. you turn a hobby into a, a chore. I definitely go through phases actually, where where I uh, I'm either very technical and want to do that and ignore the more management side of my job, and then times when actually I just can't read. Time <laughs> when I start having to do front end stuff, that's when I, <laughs> that's when I jack it all in. <laughs> and I'm like, right, sub this. I'm just going to go and manage some spreadsheets. Yeah. I think you should do some homework and go and uh, do some React uh, JSX stuff. <laughs> Vue, <laughs> actually. Quite Vue is what I'm dealing with. <laughs> What's that? Vue. Oh, Vue.js. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. But I, I, don't, I don't know the React stuff, but I know that it is, um, you put the, the HTML bit is now in a new XML-based thing. It's quite a steep learning curve. Oh my God, if you're used the rage to is coming back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't set them off. <laughs> Have you used it? I, I've worked in teams where they've used it, and it's, I tried to get my head around it at the time. It's, yeah, it's quite different, I think, if you're not used is to it? React. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's not what I do day to day. <laughs> I find but it's good to tinker with. Yeah. I, find, <laughs> I find it interesting um, 
that some of these technical decisions get made. So React is massive, right? You know, it's just a buzzword. Yeah, like everybody, everybody that, yeah. is doing React. But I kind of feel like if I had come up with some of the concepts in React and presented them to my team, they'd go, "What are you on? What are you smoking?" But somehow, because it's this big kind of thing, everyone it came from out of Facebook, I've always, right? Yeah, I've always wondered about that. How do ideas? Um, how, how what's the journey they go from being just an idea from some kook in a in a Magic corner formula yeah. that suddenly it like builds yeah. up steam? I mean, I, I definitely think at the end there is just an association thing. If enough people are talking mm. about it, people just go, "Oh, well, I'm going to latch onto that," and whether it's good or not, you know, takes a secondary or tertiary yeah. um, importance. But at the beginning, how does it? Because mm-hmm. some things I see on the internet, I think, yeah, we were talking about that years ago. And yet suddenly, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. years ago it wasn't interesting, now it is. You know, and you think, how does it convert? Yeah, yeah. You know? How does it go viral? Is it because it's oh, that's hard? It, that's the, yeah. Is it Step it's hard? one, it's work for Facebook, Google, Amazon, <laughs> yes, <yeah>. Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Because they, they can push it, can't they? They can yeah, yeah. market it and yeah, yeah, more than anyone like we could probably. But. Yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. Oh, probably. I mean, it's fair to say Google have got a little bit more marketing clout than I do. <laughs> All right, a little bit rambly there, but very interesting. Uh, I think Mark's Mankini is the star of the show. Definitely. <laughs> I'll model it I later. can never unhear this, <laughs> ever. At least you've only heard it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could be so much worse. Yeah. Uh, once. Again, if you've got any feedback or you've got anything you think we might want to talk about, then get in touch via Twitter. At BitPicking. Oh, at BitPicking. <laughs> sorry, I was a bit slow there. You're going to lose your cult member status. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Back up your ideas. <laughs> Two strikes there. <laughs> All right, that's it. So thanks everyone for listening and thanks, Mark. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Greg. Yeah. Yay! <laughs>